Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> oh, what's the taste? I try to be like really meditative voice sound. No, you have to sound like this. And on today's episode of What's the Taste? Why does she do it so well? What is in your teacup? That's what happens when you used to be a voiceover artist, okay? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, what is in your teacup today, Kay? In my teacup, I've got some lemon sip, as your girl has been feeling. Okay, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no, do not do that. Stop. Oh, my God. Girl. Um, No, in my teacup has been some lemon sip. I've been pretty under the weather this week. Um, um, poor child. So you know, I've been been out, been at him, trying to recover. Yeah. So um, yeah. What's in your your uh, fancy little mug? In my mug mm-hmm. today is my trusty old favorite tea. You know, one of my favorites, the Five Roses. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what I want to visualize what five roses tastes like. So talk to me about that. So five roses is a black tea, even though the name would make you envision that it's red being roses, right? It's actually a black tea. It's quite strong, Mm -hmm. um, but it has, I guess, half the amount of caffeine than like one teaspoon of coffee would have. So it still gives you like, you know, um, it, it still gives you that, Nice flavor to it, and you can have it with any type of milk. Um, I'm on that oat milk today, the <laughs> Chobani oat milk. <laughs> um, and sometimes I add in a little bit of sugar. Um, just I don't know, it just warms you from the inside out. Yeah, lovely. Sounds like a queen's tea, it is indeed, because I'm a queen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that and is a gentleman. That is when. <laughs> And that is when you clock out of this podcast. Because <laughs> that's the tea. Don't hate. So what is our tea that is brewing today? Ooh, so I got this interesting topic because I know you out there in the scene right now. And Oh, what scene am I in, girl? That dating scene. So the tea for today is. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. What makes a person invest after the first date? Hmm. The first date, remember? After the first date. After? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me just clear my throat before I start the story. Um, you're a sick child. <laughs> I think it really is. <laughs> there's a lot of aspects to this. Is it? There's so many brainstorming ways that you could say that investing after the first date is like through an interaction or through the way that the person dresses through the way that the person holds themselves when they walk into a room personality and all of that but like that's something that I would regard is what was considered let's say 10 years ago and ever since COVID happened I think people have now really analyzed the process of dating as a whole new spectrum of ideals that they need from the person in order for them to get a second chance. 
Okay. Like, I went on a date the other day and. Oh, she's spilling the tea. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I thought it was actually really great. The person that I went on the date with, he was really handsome, very respectable. um, And even though I was ill, he, like, would just kind of was like this calming energy. So what you're really saying is he gets a second date. Well, he does for sure. (laughs) Um, But I think prior dates to that particular one, I always felt as if I was planning the date or I was the one constantly asking questions. I was the one constantly. You sound so much in your masculine energy by saying that. Like in some parts I probably was. Yeah, Mm. but you don't kind of realize that until you kind of sit back a few days later after these dates and you analyze it and you're like, definitely not giving that person a second chance. Well, (laughs) yeah, well, like, oh, I could, like, do another date just to get more information and more kind of idea of that person's personality. I do think that this topic is is subjective to the individual because – from my previous dating experience, like when you invest after a first date, it becomes intentional in the way that you're dating, I guess, because there's certain things that each person might have, or let's say someone might have a list. And um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Mr. Malcolm's List on Netflix, pretty cool movie because it gives you oh. a guy's perspective of what they are looking for when they meet someone, right? But anyways, he had obviously this very extensive list. So I'm thinking of today's society and and how the dating scene is. Because there's so many different ways of meeting people, it means that you there's, a I guess, a list in terms of how you would progress that past the first date, right? Mm -hmm. And what makes you invest more time into an individual. So So what is like on this exact list? So think about it, right, from a perspective where you – You've got social media, you've got meeting out and about, mm-hmm. you've got, uh, I guess, the dating apps, etc. So by meeting people all around on the, these different, in these different ways, when you go on a first date, the first thing you want to know is are they firstly who they say they are? Because mm-hmm. you could read a bio and you could have this assumption of what their personality like is like or what they look like. Sure as hell don't want to get catfished. So that's probably the first thing you're going to look for, right? Yeah, for sure. And then the second thing, of course, is, like you said, are they who they say they are based on whatever they've described themselves to be like? So that's through the conversation. Do you get a vibe from them that you feel safe and calm and, Mm, you know, or do you get a vibe where you're like, I need oh to my run. gosh, run for the hills. Oh, I need to text my besties. 911. Exactly. Like there's certain things or SOS, like yeah. Um, certain things that people would essentially look for on the first date. And if someone doesn't have those things that is subjective to the individual, mm-hmm. then I don't think it will progress past date one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like I guess. It's so subjective in a way that everyone's going to have their own opinion. Like I could probably be talking to another girlfriend and she would say, I would give a guy a chance that I probably wouldn't. 
And mm. it could be as simple as a, oh, I don't really overanalyze that aspect. Or like he could come with like thongs on shorts and it. So that would be another thing that I would look at is yeah. this, this, I guess this topic is we should probably discuss in more depth, but is chivalry dead? Because if you're looking at uh, dating for people that are a little bit in the millennials and older, they're looking at those things like, does he open a door for me? Does he pull out my chair? You know? Yeah. So that's um, what I'm saying. Like, it's so different. Well? It's so different to like how we would analyze things versus another girl analyzing a date that we went on. So what are the things you would do? And I'll tell you what, what are the things I would look at? You go first because there's a few I'm thinking of, but I need to condense it into like a five-pointer. Okay. So the first thing for me definitely pretty much what I've discussed right now is one is he chivalrous, right? Is he a gentleman enough to, one, open the door for me? You don't have to open it on the first date, but if you try, it shows me that, you know, you respect me. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, two, does he pay for the first date? Oh, that's a that's a that's a big one yep right if he does he sh he's showing me that i don't have to be in my masculine energy he's showing me that i can be feminine based on i guess how i was brought up and he might not know that about me but obviously that's in my head already based on previous experience mm -hmm. right then you got to think about how does he dress does he dress well could i see myself in a relationship with this guy based on how he presents himself yeah, and right. that comes down to, like, hygiene too. Correct. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. I think it's just aesthetic-wise. Like, does it work? Like, yes looking no. at him and yes. does he because smell Because that's nice? part of the physical attraction. Yeah. So I think that kind of all goes hand in hand. It's is, like the five senses. Does he look good? Yeah. Yeah. Looking at him as you're seeing. Um, Listening. How, can, how, do, how well does he communicate? Is he using just, like, blasé words or is he intentionally listening and speaking and to yeah you? like pausing and really thinking of a proper answer does he smell good yeah yeah um touch is probably i i think touch is a respect boundary yeah that's respect the boundary definitely like yeah like i said that i think is also part of the and chivalry i think component. if the guy is super respectful he will read your body language of whether or not you allow or like the female is closing the gap because yes. I always think a female introduction to closing the gap of touch is what allows the guy or encourages him to come closer to the female. Mm. Like you could be doing it like a simple act of like, oh, we wear it like, you know, same watches. But if you put your hand next to him mm. or like you're comparing like or he compliments you on a ring and you like That's point your hand. Sight, I think as well. Um, because he's him, noticing things about you. Yeah. Like, it all really just comes down to, like, how respectful the guy is. I think, for me personally, number one is respect. In my dating Agreed. culture and my age that I'm in, there's a boundary that you have to establish quite early in the dating scene that allows you to kind of just decide whether or not you are going to continue a date or not yeah. like if a guy is super touchy and feeling it and you've you're not like you're kind of knee jerking at the touch and feel of him it's showing to me he's not reading boundaries correctly correct because you're like if you're meeting and the first time you're meeting you would 
hope that guys would be respectful enough to like not do anything that you when you say no they should hear it or when you you can see your body language is like pause hold up wait a minute you're crossing a boundary if they can't read that then obviously they're not there for the right intentions that's mm-hmm. how i see it even like the sidewalk rule what's a sidewalk oh where the yes, guy stays the guy... on the outer part of the sidewalk that's part of the chivalry component, and i, I like that comes down to a respect boundary if he knows that rule where he's on the outskirts and boys i'm just exposing the rule for you now because some of you might not know but the rule girls is, look at that the rule is if a guy knows how to protect a woman they will walk mm-hmm. on the most dangerous side of the footpath. I actually so. had a conversation about this with the guy once and he was like, what's the difference? Either way, if there's a collision, both of you would get hit. And I'm like, I think it's the overall chivalrous nature in a guy to want to protect the person he cares about. Correct. The other thing was like, um, but this is not for the first date yet. This is probably past the first date where your boyfriend or partner might, I guess, grab your hand if they see a car oncoming and you might not have seen it to kind of protect right. you. Kind of uh, no, but even on the first date, a guy could do that. Yeah, I'm not saying no. Like, but we don't know. That, that also comes down to boundaries. And- like, you could really click with a guy on the first date and then he does something and you get the ick. Yeah, true. And you're like, oh, shoot, there it is. It's downhill. Oh, snap yeah and i i also think a lot of girls need to be a bit more open when it comes to first dates to not just expect put your expectations super low and allow yourself to be present in that moment in time when it comes down to knowing if you want to progress this to another date or not Mm. i always say give a guy five dates and after the fifth date it still is as strong communication and respect and boundary setting and it's consistent then you know you're solid with a guy that is really into you like and it's even the aftermath of the first date did he message you and and say like it was really nice um finally meeting up with you it's how he leaves the first date as well because some guys if they're really vibing by the end of the date they will say or uh or incline that they would like to see See you you again. again yeah um, even if they don't ask you on that date, they would say something along the lines of, oh, it was really nice to meet you. I hope I get to see you again. Sometimes, you know, the other thing that they do before they get the guts to do that, mm. they linger for a very long time and they start to fidget. You know, that reminds me of Hitch. Yes. <laughs> where Hitch teaches the guy, uh, if the girl is standing there playing with her keys and not going straight into her house straight away, she wants that could mean that she might want a goodnight kiss or at least a ah, hug or something. Oh, my God. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So that's literally like part of the first day. So we're not saying, uh, you know, just read body boundaries language. and go in for the kiss yet. But I'm just saying, like, read her body language mm-hmm. in the sense that if she's lingering, um, she might want a goodnight hug at the very least. And, um, and if she stays in that hug for, like, at least, let's say, more than 10 seconds. I would say some of the other interesting things, which do come from other movies as well. And also, <laughs> Honestly, she's literally a rom-com, love-com, rom What are you trying to say? <laughs> I do like my rom-coms, point. okay? Yeah, how can you not? It's like romance and comedy 
put together and you just get the best of both worlds. I think like another thing before you, before I just like allow you to interject is that I look at the rom-coms, right? And I feel like the biggest way that ladies and females can do their job in a forming relationship um, is when a guy is super vulnerable. Like, and I don't mean like I need this guy to be like crying and like super emotional and da da da. da. No, I mean like you when a guy shows, <laughs> when a guy shows the most vulnerable side of him when he talks about like how does he talk about girls is a big tell on how he respects women in his life. Very, very true. And how he brings up maybe sisters, aunties, nieces, nephews, mums, nans. like Even his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Because that might be a conversation that you cover, but it's how they discuss whether it was bad ending or a good ending even. It's how they discuss that person. In what light do they mention them? Yeah, in a good way or in a bad way, are they the ones always at blame, or are they taking the the blame and being responsible for their part in the relationship? Or is it uh, like people in a yeah? Or is it like a mutual thing of I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have been in it for that long, but I cared about her for that, you know, like that well. Yes. So I'm gonna keep going and see this out because that to me shows resilience that no matter what happens in your relationship, you wanted it to work out for better. You know, I, you, that's how I see So it. they were fighting for it to work essentially. Yeah. But then again, a relationship takes two parts at the very least. Yeah. So the guy can't be doing all the work or the girl can't be doing all the work and then but the other then, partner doesn't reciprocate. But then bringing it back to what you said, it comes down to, in what light are they speaking on the other person and themselves? If they take responsibility, I see that as a very good good thing because they know and they're very self-aware of their part the, or the role that they played in the relationship. Mm. Yeah, okay, you can blame the other party because they might be at fault but also understand, you know, how you feel because they could be vulnerable at that point and telling you this and then they could say, you know, sometimes – I don't know what I did wrong to be treated in that way. And that is them taking responsibility. So it really depends on the kind of conversations that you're having on that first date because they could be intense conversations if you really click with someone or it could be very surface-like conversations like, you know, what do you do for work? What hobbies do you enjoy? Those kind of things. And that also will determine if you are dating intentionally do you think based on your conversation did it flow do you think your personalities click and Mm. if they do oh yeah maybe we'll go on a second date and see if there is more potential there because you got to understand the first date is a short date generally unless unless you really hit it off but also red flag is if the date goes on for too long what is too long though um okay I would say on a first date, because you don't really know that person, I would probably cap it at one to two hours, right? 
if it goes on like three hours, okay, that's kind of testing it. That's starting to get to a yellow flag. So like flag. more than five hours. More than five hours is a red flag. How, how is that a red flag though? One, do you not have any responsibilities in your life? That. But what if this person has completely cleared out their calendar or half a day? To... Why, why doesn't anyone else want you? Why are you overanalyzing this? No, this is what I was, I was watching a, um, something on Instagram. And, you know, like Jay Shetty or something, one of them yeah. was saying something along those lines. Like if a gu- if someone cannot respect your time, so it's really up to you. You control how long the date lasts, right? So they can mm, res- Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Each yes. individual has control of that first date. Yes. So if you say, oh, I've set that time to meet you for an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe it runs over, maybe two hours max. Great. That means you're actually getting along, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But if you don't create scarcity after the first date, why would they want to go out on a second date for you? That shows that you don't have anything else to do in your life. One, hence the no responsibility. And likewise mm. for them. Two, it could also mean that, you know, um, it comes down to what day and time of the week as well. Yeah, it is. that's what I think about. Like, I'm like, what if it's a Saturday and, like, let's just say you have it at a certain time and. But also you've got to think about, right, on the first day, there's only so much you can talk about, mm-hmm. right, within your one to two hour period. Before you decide, okay, I want to go But what if the conversation just flows really well? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but generally. And you kind of just lose track of time. Yeah. Is that still a red flag? How many dates have you been on where it's gotten to that point and you ended up on a second date? I'd say a handful of times. It's not past the five-hour mark, but it's like the conversation went well enough. So that we both if, were intrigued for a If you're going out for date. dinner or if you're going out for lunch, that's not a problem. Generally, you can go up to three to four hours max because right. depending on how long it takes for the food to come and blah, 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 re, re, you know, depending on the conversation, et cetera, et cetera, and then you might go for a drink after. That can get up to three hours. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, you do that and then you go and do an activity, then you do all those things. It's like it's taking away from actually spreading these out into more than one date as mm, well. Interesting. I don't see it as that. Me personally, I don't see it as that. Maybe it's a different generation thing. But this is what I'm saying. This is a video that I watched and this is based on people who essentially provide that kind of uh, psychology education, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about mindset and, and how – like if you look at Hitch the movie, right? Even he says that you kind of have to create a little bit of scarcity. Yeah, so I'm, not, they, I'm not. They discounting. want to come back, right? I'm not or discounting they want more it. Of you. I'm not discounting it. I'm just I'm inquiring why it's regarded as a red flag. I understand that the time stamp would be quite long. Don't get me wrong, and I 100% understand the scarcity part about it, mm. but. If you look at like some of those documentaries like Inventing some Anna, pe- for example, right, mm-hmm. you could go on a dinner date which ends up going on a plane to another country and getting spoiled on all these different things and then before you know it, 24 hours is gone and then you're like, okay, 
now I've had enough of this person. I need to get home. But then that's just based on the person's personality. That's not based on whether it's like flagged as a red flag. I don't know how to explain it for you to understand to the point where it's like the scarcity component, definitely. The personality component, yes. Yeah, but like even if that, even for the sake of the example of creating Anna, right? Mm. It is a, um, it is a 24 hour window, but what's to say you don't like, you then speak sporadically over the next day. Intentions behind it. You also got to understand that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're sleeping with the person. I didn't say that. That could be an intention. If that is what's going down, then sure. But But then what makes them invest after the first date? If the first date went on for 24 hours, how do you top that? If you got money, <laughs> <laughs> but that's another. We're thing. talking sugar, sugar daddy. That's that's another thing We're you gotta understand daddy. with today's dating scene, especially for guys. Like I, I get it with you know inflation rates, etc. That it's not easy to afford to date. <laughs> that's another thing. So when you come, when it looks like taking a person out on a date, it might just mean you know going for a coffee or grabbing a drink. Oh, hundred percent. And then you take your time and organize a second date and make sure you know you've got the right amount of funds to invest thereafter. So (laughs) I 100% agree. I always think the first date should always be low-key because you don't know what sticky situation you're going to get into. Mm -hmm. And I always think like a walk around the park with a coffee or um, like a coffee and you chill at like a bench or whatever, go into a cafe and just like, grabbing a coffee or like grabbing a drink or whatever mm. is super chill. Like exactly. You're not putting too much pressure on it. A sit down. That's another thing. You want to have a date for five hours, six hours. How much pressure do you put on that situation when you stop running out of things to discuss? Yeah. I think happens? it honestly, it really just depends on the it's person. It's a red flag in my opinion. I, I still am trying <laughs> to understand this. <laughs> Oh my gosh, go I've away. never heard of that. You can go away tonight and go on your TikTok and do some research and then we will rehash the situation. I think. On what are the red flags today? <laughs> I think I've read that. I mm, It's actually discombobulated my brain. <laughs> discombobulated her brain, y'all. Like truly it has. Because I'm honestly trying to figure out how it becomes a red flag. So anyways. <laughs> I'm less Off speechless. the red flag, what are the main things and what are the reasons why people would invest? I think specifically um, communication. Like you said, the, the, you know, the five, five senses. senses. Communication. Communication. Uh, respect and, respect. and boundaries. Okay. Period. And also chivalry, which comes... As yeah, part of the respect it's and like boundaries. basically it's courting. Hand in hand. Yeah. If you know what and how to court someone, I think. Drop us a comment. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear your stories. Have you courted someone before? Because some people don't even understand what the word courting means. Um, unless you obviously you've watched Bridgerton and you've seen it these days. But it's, it's, it's intentional. <laughs> what? 
what? It's essentially intentional dating. I went to say in essential and intentional. Okay, essentially dating. It's essentially intentional dating with the goal of marriage is what courting is. Marriage. So how many of you all do that? I just had to say that. Or how many of you all have done that already? We really want to know. Hit us up on Instagram to to tell us your story because we like to share and we've had a few people dm us lately so thank you guys for doing so um and we will be catching up on the next episode of what's the I thesis think her brain is discombobulated <laughs> from trying to say essentially <laughs> and intentionally i think so oh i my think gosh. it forgot the how words, to work the words are just not yeah, coming 100%. out yeah 100 percent Anyway, on that note of her having Ooh. a laugh, she's going she's going into her puffer to start. She going to start wheezing, guys. She read, listen to us. <laughs> Lord help us. Oh goodness. So that is the tea for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed this topic of investing after the first date. If you have any topic requests, please let us, let us know. In the DMs. If not on a DM, comment on one of our latest posts on what's the tea death or at WTTS underscore podcast on Instagram. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've been watching. Don't you worry. We've we seen see everyone. We see all around the world. Yeah. We see all. We see the love Thanks from so everyone much. and we really we appreciate it. it. And on that note, that's the tea for today, sis. We'll see you next Wednesday at 5.30. No, 5 p.m. Girl, it's 5.30. It's 5. It's 5. Discombobulated over here. It's 5 p.m. on Wednesday, every Wednesday, to get you over your hump day. We love you guys, and we'll see you next episode. Okay, bye. Bye.